Welcome to Digital Transformers, the show that connects you with what you need to build, manage, and operate your digital supply chain. Join your host in a timely discussion on new and future business models with industry-leading executives. The show will reveal global customer expectations, real-world deployment challenges, and the value of advanced business technologies like artificial intelligence, blockchain, and robotic process engineering. And now, we bring you Digital Transformers. Hello, everyone. Kevin L. Jackson here in sunny Orlando, Florida at SAP Sapphire. I'm joined here by the um, IBM so SAP Consumer Industry Leader. Yes. Uh, thank you for joining us. I guess the day's been kind of busy here at, at Sapphire. Are you meeting all your customers and clients? Yeah, no, absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me and, and inviting IBM into this session. It's a pleasure to be here. And yes, it's a busy day today. Most uh -huh. likely it's going to be tomorrow. But there was also a lot of preparation and work in the weeks before the, the actual event. Okay, <laughs> so Jose uh, Paredes Hernandez, right? That's correct. I get that right? <laughs> yeah, you got it right, you got it right this time. <laughs> so t tell me more about IBM consulting, because I mean, everybody knows IBM is a technology and they've been doing consulting for, for quite a while, but I think what's unique here is that IBM and SAP have a like 50 year relationship uh, what, how, how did that happen? Well, um, I think IBM, first of all, we always think about our customers mm -hmm. and what is the best thing for them. And when I look into the consumer industry, uh, which is the area that uh, I have my responsibilities, right. uh, SAP is one, one of the key players, right? Uh, for not to say the, the player, yeah. right? And... Um, because of that, we always think about SAP and how we can help our customers to implement SAP and to enable new business processes, new capabilities, um, and things like that. So that brings us into a needed, most needed partnership mm -hmm. for our customers, right? And um, we have very great relationship uh, with uh, the retail IBUs, the, the, also the CPG, retail IBUs, that make it more simple, right? When we work together, we have the same uh, goals from our client's perspective, and um, that simplifies the, the world, right? Sometimes, you know, we disagree in certain areas, but we focus on the areas where we can do collaboration, where we can innovate, and where we can bring the next, uh, uh, the next generation of solution for our clients. One thing, little known fact, <laughs> SAP was founded by three IBMers. IBM <laughs> oh, yes, yes. The same thing happened with Microsoft. Right? <laughs> <laughs> wow, something, the, the, the genesis of all great companies, IBM, is that? No, okay. Um, so your role as global SAP consumer industry leader, that sounds like it's pretty big. What, what do you do? Um, well, um, it's a, a very important role from an IBM perspective. I basically manage our practice, mm -hmm. and I consider my key responsibility in three areas, right? Number one, to work very closely with SAP, uh, to define those areas where we, can, we want to collaborate, we want to define the new uh, or the next generation solution for consumer industries. Mm -hmm. And that also makes us work very closely with 
customers, right? With our clients. Uh, so that way, when we create solutions, those solutions are going to have a landing uh, with some of our clients because right. this is what they need. Um, the second part is about helping our teams to make the solution available to our clients, right? I mean, we can create great things, but if the customer, they don't know what they are, mm -hmm. that is a problem. Education is a big part of your job. Education, it? yes. And I need to educate our IBMers. I need to educate so also the SAP sellers. Right. And then when the project actually starts, where we are deploying the implementations, I also like to be involved with the teams uh, so that way they can deploy the solutions the way that we intended to do, mm -hmm. right? So. Um, that means that um, as it's, it is a global role. It's pretty demanding, but, you know, I, I'm a workaholic. Are you a workaholic? <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I have very early calls with the thing in Europe, and then I finish at night with our thing in Asia Pacific. Wow. So, <laughs> so what prepared you for this? What, what background prepared you for such a, a broad remit? Oh, well, um, you know, I was um, born and raised in uh, Venezuela. Okay. Um, and I started my career in 1995 in PwC. And um, after that, I moved to Puerto Rico back in 99, 2003, IBM, both um, the consulting divisions. And after that, I have been always close to uh, the consumer industry, also through the retail industry uh, specifically. Right. And uh, that brings me the need for share the knowledge that I have with a lot of people globally. Um, and I, I like it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I love to be on top of uh, what is happening in the organization, how we can help our clients to, to do what they need to do. And I do really care about them, right? And that's maybe what is bringing me to to have those very hard-demanding timelines wow. during the day. Um, but um, from a rewarding point of view, um, I can see the organizations growing, meeting their goals, and also uh, my colleagues um, growing and, and moving ahead in their careers. There's a lot of change that's going on in, in this, this uh, industry. In fact, what in, you know, during the pandemic, everybody saw the empty shelves, especially in the, the consumer space. I mean, you, uh, <laughs> you, know, you couldn't buy necessities uh, in, in life, right? Um, many organizations really learned hard lessons uh, during that time. But in, in 2023, they're still experiencing some of these shortages. Have we learned our lessons? What, what are the key supply chain challenges today? Yeah, well, Kevin, um, I think that you, you see it every day. I yeah. mean, you have to go to the grocery store <laughs> and you still can see the, the empty shelf. Uh, maybe it's more difficult to see it in the fashion industry, but sometimes if you ask for that jacket in right. a different color, they may or may not have it, right? But you cannot notice the same uh, uh, empty shelf that you can see in the, in the grocery store because of the layout. Right. Um, but if I try to give you a, a very good example, right? If we look from a food perspective, food is, is being done through a global economy, mm -hmm. number one, and it's a very complex supply chain um, process that is also global, right? 
And what happened is, is in this global economy, when you have any specific event that happened anywhere, it basically is affecting the entire supply chain, okay? So when we look into what potentially are those events happening that they are impacting still uh, the empty shelf, well, number one, so as an example. When we look from uh, the geopolitical situation, yeah. right? We still have the, the war in, in Ukraine right. that is impacting uh, all the products that they typically were providing globally. Uh, if we look for wheat perspective, that is one of the key uh, products that they are not able to put in the market with the agility that they have in the past. Um, when we look at uh, the impact of fertilizers, mm -hmm. right? They are, their prices have been increasing and that has been making very difficult for a lot of people to actually buy and procure uh, the fertilizers. And that then is impacting farmers because they are not able to continue to do the production that they were having before. Uh, climate change. Doesn't this really argue against globalization? I mean, <laughs> well, is, is a lot of people, you know, leveraged uh, offshore suppliers in order to, I guess, get more variety, be able to better support their customers, and now they're suffering because of this offshoring. Um, yeah, well, I think that, to be fair, um, we need to look back maybe 20, 30 years ago, and we didn't have the same availability of products that we can find today mm -hmm. in every grocery store. So I, I will say that globalization has been a, a good benefit for everybody globally. Right. Um, the problem is we were not expecting this kind of disruption that we are facing today, and that is forcing us to rethink how we can have a hybrid model where we still embrace globalization, but we also have uh, the capacity to secure some of the production in a, re in a more regional way or, or a local way. So that way, if something happened in China or uh, in, in Brazil mm -hmm. or Chile, we are not as heavily impacted as what is happening today. So I think that we need to have a little bit of balance on, on this globalization process that has been beneficial anyway. This is putting a lot of pressure on the supply chain officer, right? Absolutely. Um, how, did, how are they dealing with this in, in, in today's yeah. world? I mean, you as a consultant, you're talking to them every day. What, what are your, what's your counsel? Yeah, well, <laughs> I think that um, um, uh, supply chain executives, they yeah. have been taking into account uh, a, a way of trying to identify problems and minimize risk yeah. before they happen, right? And the only way to be able to achieve those capabilities is to the use of uh, AI, automation, intelligent workflows. And to be quite honest, the top successful um, uh, chief supply chain officers are the ones that they're already digitalizing their operations. So they are able to get more data insights from the supply chain and empower people across the supply chain to take decisions easy, more faster and easily, right?
Well, but the uh, the customers, <laughs> they are expecting more and more. Next day, same day, next hour, uh, <laughs> with respect to supply. Um, you know, right now, everybody expects the drone to drop everything right on their porch, you know, within 10 minutes of, of their ordering. Are the supply chain officers dealing with these expectations, heightened expectations? Yeah, and the funny part is maybe three or four years ago, everybody was, oh, wow, we were able to get something on Sunday, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah. yes, yeah, I think that from a customer and consumer perspective, uh, you know, expectations are high, uh, and the competition out there is doing whatever is possible for them to do it. Right, right. Uh, right. And uh, one of the areas where um, companies need to uh, be able to make this happen is they need to start working uh, more collaborative, right? And they need to look at the process from an end-to-end -end perspective. There is not any more the front office capabilities mm -hmm. versus the back office capabilities, because if we are promising, hey, I'm gonna be able to deliver this product in the next hour, there are a lot of things that needs to happen from the back end perspectives to be in place, right? The warehouse needs to be able to, to work, um, transportation or the last mile delivery mm -hmm. needs to be in line to, to pick up the products delivered then to the, to the uh, end consumer. And also we need to have availability at the distribution center, right? So companies are starting to rethink the entire process all the way from the design of the products, the manufacture, getting the supply chain in line to get the products into the DC and then also from the DC to the end consumer. And sadly, there is a, a lot of companies that they're still working in silos. And that's what we are trying to solve uh, with the next generation of implementation uh, where we are implementing S4HANA and the new SAP capabilities. Well, you, you, you mentioned data. Mm -hmm. uh, you talked about artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. You also said people mm -hmm. and um, silos. Uh, what does all this have to do with like digital transformation though? Oh, well, all of those components are part of the digital transformation, okay. right? Because at the end, people is the one that is gonna be able, to, it's gonna need to execute, mm -hmm. right? I don't think, when we talk about automation and, and robotics, we are not gonna replace human beings, right? Mm -hmm. We are basically adding new technologies and capabilities that will augment what people can do. If we look into uh, organization is creating humongous uh, amount of data with mm -hmm. too much value in there. But there is so much that we can do and we can see actually from that data. When we look from AI and machine learning and foundation and data models, is to help people to be able to identify patterns uh, that could reduce risk or situation in the supply chain. And those are things that they maybe are not able to see, right? And then, you know, intelligence workflows also are working and helping us to be sure that people is connected. So when one action happens, the next step, it will happen. And everybody understand the process or how the process is supposed to be executed. And also the important part is not, it's not just about the internal organization, meaning the different departments. Right. It's also the collaboration across all the suppliers that we have. So that way we can work together and be sure that 
products that are in the right place at the right time. So how does like S4 HANA uh, um, help in all, in all this? I mean, this is very complex. Yes. Uh, well, S4 HANA is uh, definitely a key enabler. Okay. Right? The, from a technology perspective, it brings capabilities that we didn't have uh, before in, in the legacy SAP ECC, right? It opens the door for better and easier way to integrate with other applications uh, and uh, made information available from an inside uh, point of view. Okay. Okay, so uh, S4HANA is, is gonna continue being a very important component from the back office perspective but it needs to be very well integrated with all the other applications around it from the front office perspective, other applications from the supply chain, suppliers, uh, and I don't mean the suppliers that they provide raw materials or finished products, I'm talking about transportation companies or 3PLs and things like that. So that uh, integration layer that now allows S4HANA to make this easier and faster is one of the key elements. So um, it sounds like you're talking about the entire ecosystem uh, around a, a company and its, its oper operations. Um, but this is not something that you can do overnight. What, what does this journey look like? Um, yes, it's definitely not an overnight. There, <laughs> there is an important component from a chain management perspective, right? Okay. If we look uh, from a simple point of view, right? The, the user experience that S4HANA provides is uh, definitely a, a very good improvement from right. an SAP perspective, but it's different, right? So yeah. people is gonna need time to be able to understand how they need to do things, how they're gonna work, but the same thing is gonna happen from the business process, okay. right? And what we are doing from an IBM perspective is to help uh, those organizations to make this process faster is we have our pre-configured solutions right. across different industries. Of course, we have one for consumer products, one for the retail um, industry too, and that helps organizations to whatever it was supposed to take five, 10 years, 20 years ago, we're able to do that between six to 36 months, depending on the size of the organization and um, you know, their willingness to be able to move as fast as we can. Wow, that's that's fast. And and how do you actually do do it so fast? This complex thing. I understand there's like there's magic or key pillars uh, to to meet this like need for speed and implementation. Yeah, actually, well, first of all, um, a, a pre-configured solution okay. always help, right? Uh, when we go to our clients. Um, we are focused on, a, this is the business process that we need to follow to achieve that speed from a business perspective. Industry right? best practices. Industry best practices, right? And then um, we focus on change and we are able to do that because the technology is already pre-configured, okay. right? And then yes, we always identify uh, gaps or capabilities that they want to include and that's kind of like the 10 to 5% personalization that we want to, that we allow to make that happen, mm -hmm. especially for the first go live, right? At the, at the end, uh, this implementation costs money, it costs time, uh, but it's the time to market what is important. We want to be sure that we, we can start thinking about 
the other things that we need to have in place okay. because of the customer demands, right? Right, right, right. So um, humans, you mentioned, were important, uh, but right now, some think that the human element is being replaced by AI. And you mentioned mm -hmm. AI and the intelligent workflows. Are we replacing humans? Uh, uh, no, no, the, I, I, I don't think this? that um, that is the case. I think that uh, the intention is to use technology to augment what people can do. Okay, right? okay. I mentioned, I tried to mention before, you know, if you are analyzing big data, mm -hmm. most likely it's gonna be very difficult to get patterns and things like that. Only you are one of those beautiful minds that you can <laughs> see things that we cannot, right? Um, got all these things floating in your head, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but um, uh, people is gonna, is, is important and we want to, in some cases, refocus what people is doing, right. so that way we can focus more on personal customer experiences, right? And maybe it's something that is very repetitive and it doesn't add too much value to the organization, is you can take that out from you and then you can take, hey, this is the actual information that I need to take actual um, decisions. That's what we are bringing to the table. So that way people maybe needed three days to be able to take a decision. Yeah. Now they can take those decisions in five, 10 minutes because they have the data available for them to make it happen. So if I'm focusing, I'm leveraging AI so I can do business faster, so I can have better margins and I can better manage my supply chain so that I can have the supplies uh, that, that, that I need. Um, what about sustainability? So do the chief supply chain officers, is that like just a nice to have? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I will say in definitely no. Okay. Right. I think that um, from an end consumer perspective, right, if we think from that point of view, they are still, they still want the right prices, they still want the right quality, yeah. they want the products faster, but now they're also thinking on values, right? What is important for them? A lot of customers are, are still still focusing on help, right. right? All Everything that happened, the pandemic opened a new point of view. And they're also looking on, hey, you know, this is our planet and we need to be able to protect it going forward because the, the newer generations are going to take the price. Mm. And with that in mind, you know, organizations that they are investing in, in sustainability they are taking a, a higher writing from customer um, uh, loyalty, okay. right? And that is important, right? Now, that, so from the cost and consumer perspective, from that angle, it's super important to still continue doing that. And the other point of view is governments around the world, they're also implementing regulations and companies need to start providing informations and reports of how sustainable they are. So customers that they are not doing anything today, right. they are gonna have to start paying penalties or taxes or other implementation that governments are gonna have. Right? So I think that for not only the, the supply chain executive are looking into this, I will say that all the C-suite is seriously considering doing a a lot of things from a sustainability perspective. Well, we started off this conversation talking about some of the history 
and the fact that all these supply chains broke uh, because they were too brittle. Um, where does resilience play? Do, do, is it just too brittle to have these outsourced global links? Um, how does the, you know, the chief supply chain officer create, build, and sustain in a sustainable manner a resilient supply chain? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I think there are a few steps that they need to do yeah. uh, to make a to embed resiliency in the supply chain. Um, number one, uh, I think that they need to, in every decision that they are taking going forward, supply chain needs to be part of the conversation. It's no longer about what I want to do from an end consumer perspective, from a B2B or B2C, or how I am producing the products. Mm -hmm. Supply chain needs to be always in the heart of those conversations. So okay, that way understood. you can create end-to-end -end business processes. Um, the other uh, key area is um, to take sustainability as one important component. Everything that we do, depending on the angle that we are taking, right. is going to help us to create some sustainable way of doing it and make it more uh, viable for the planet and for the products that we are producing. Um, the other area that is really important is the extended collaboration uh, and trust across all the different players in the supply chain, internally and externally. Companies that they are not uh, considering yeah. their partners or the suppliers, uh, strategic components of the supply chain, they are putting their organization at risk and their reputation at risk. Okay. Okay? And I will say, finally, that it's important that they consider the adoption of technologies or the intelligent technologies to support all the activities across the, the supply chain. As I mentioned before, um, AI is a very important component right. to provide data insights and make agile decisions to reduce risk and identify situations that could happen, right? Um, and then uh, the, the other area from a technology perspective is to provide intelligent insights uh, information to humans okay. so that way they are also able to identify situations and also to empower them to take decisions and actions in a timely manner. Wow, fascinating. You're really giving us some great insight into the uh, consumer in industry and how uh, intelligent workflows can really support digital transformation. I know you have a very busy schedule this week, and I really appreciate you coming and spending some time. How could people reach out to uh, learn more about how IBM and SAP really work together to support the digital transformation of, of their, their customers? Yeah, well, absolutely. For, for the next two days, I'm gonna be in the IBM booth, so they <laughs> okay. can find me over there. Uh, if people is watching this uh, conversation uh, in the next two days, uh, but they can uh, definitely get more information in, in IBM.com. They also can look into my uh, LinkedIn profile. Um, there is a lot of information. And of course, they can uh, send me a message through LinkedIn, and I will more than happy to uh, reach out to them and, and have a conversation about it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, with that in, we're going to 
and another episode of Digital Transformers. I, I tell you, Jose and his team are really transforming the consumer industry marketplace with SAP, leveraging AI in order to enhance the, the, the human uh, in this entire process, focused on sustainability and resilient supply chains. So thank you very much, and we'll see you next time on Supply Chain Now and Digital Transformers. Thank you for supporting Digital Transformers and for being a part of our global Supply Chain Now community. Please check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com. Make sure you subscribe to Digital Transformers anywhere you listen to or view the show and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Digital Transformers.